Den Talks podcast is powered by denanywhere.com. You guys go to denanywhere.com now, no matter where you live in the world, and you can take our classes virtually and live. Go to denanywhere.com and sign up for just $29.99 a month. You get a limited access to our classes with over 150 a month to choose from. Plus, most of them are archived, so if you can't make the exact time, you can catch them later. We still also have our workshops and our certifications now all accessible to you no matter where you are. Go to denanywhere.com. Hello, this is Tal, and this is Den Talks Podcast. I'm the founder of Den Meditation and your host. We have Susanna Merrick on today. We are talking about colors. We are talking about auras. We are talking about energy, all of that fun stuff. She is so grounded, though. So I love I love talking to grounded people about the woo-woo shit. It just makes me so happy. And she will talk to you about how she sees people's colors and auras and how she's learned to read people that way. But not only that, teach people how to use their own color. She goes so beyond what you traditionally see. Like if someone just stands in front of like an aura camera, she goes deeper and more beyond it, knowing that there's certain colors that are like your sole purpose and certain colors that are more what you're going through. And you really have to know the difference and how to read it. And if she does a session with you, as she'll explain here, she can help guide you. And the cool thing, so you guys know, we do have a workshop with her coming up. It's Saturday, January 16th, 5 to 6.30. And it is going to be healing with color. And she's going to be working and teaching you how, once you know what your color is or what's coming up for you in that moment, what what things you can do, what exercises you can do, what meditations you can do specifically with those colors. So it's not just hey, green's your color, wear a lot of green. And yes, wearing it will help because that's vibration or staring at it or using it. But there's also things that you can go deeper and a little more spiritual with that will actually start unlocking stuff and shifting stuff. It's so amazing. So not only do we talk about it in this episode, you get a chance to do it in this workshop. So again, that is Saturday, January 16th, 5 to 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So East Coasters, that is 8 to 9.30. And again, anyone anyone in, in between. It's virtual, so anyone can do it. Go to denanywhere.com to get it. And you can gift it to someone too, because I think this would be a really fun workshop to do with a friend or um, someone you love. So go to denanywhere.com. Also, while you're on denanywhere.com, check out, we have so much stuff happening in January. If you were looking to start 2021 differently, this is where you're going to do it. We have our teacher training coming up. So an amazing certification. So even if you don't want to be a teacher, it's a great way to get your practice going. We have intuitive healing certifications coming up. We have classes on Kabbalah. We have amazing workshops, so much for you. And if you want to finish 2020 strong, we actually have an incredible retreat happening at the end of December. So go look at that. It's a five-day retreat with Heather Preet, our senior mindfulness instructor. She's amazing. Her retreats are always transformative. And the brilliant thing about this is you can be anywhere in the world to do it. Also, like it's going to be recorded. So if you can't do, let's say a morning session, or you have to tap out for a moment, it's going to be recorded and you can go and make up your time. But it's the five last days of 2020 ending on the 31st. And it's about nine to six every day on the 31st though we let you out early at three. So you can start doing whatever it is you have planned for New Year's Eve. So that's an incredible way. Finish 2020 strong, get your stuff ready for 2021, get mentally prepared, physically prepared, and emotionally prepared. And that is how you do it. So check out denanywhere.com for all of this stuff. Enjoy this episode with Susanna. She is such an angel worker and I love talking with color with her and let us know what you think. Susanna, this actually is a perfect segue because we're talking about the leaves. Um, How... It's so true. Like 
because so, so the fact that you can read auras and colors have probably been so important to you since you were yeah. a kid or a human, I should say. What do what is it about the fall colors that make that? What is it? Is it something about the specific colors, like the reds, the orange, and the yellows? Is it? You know, I think it, it's kind of the messaging of it all. For, I love the reds, the orange, the yellows, the deep kind of rich tones and the bright yellows in them and the joy that kind of comes behind those tones is so cool. But also what's so interesting about the fall in general is that it is kind of the season of death. And we don't, we don't necessarily say that we think Halloween, right? But when those leaves are transforming and changing, you know, they're dying off so that then they can really truly be born again in the spring. And I think there's just such beautiful kind of energy to kind of be cultivated from that messaging that we as humans just kind of always sit within. And I don't know why, but I just love in the fall, like walking around and seeing these colors come through and seeing like all of the joy that they've kind of given us through the summer and the shade and the oxygen. And then just to see them like transform and change and then fall off and die. I know that sounds kind of morbid, but it's true. I always joke on like their final farewell is always incredible. Yeah. Going out with a bang. <laughs> a bang. So and obviously we'll get into auras big time and or yeah. people and humans and you and your life story. But while we're on this, I'm curious, like talk about the auras of a tree or like a leaf. Yeah. Like, like, do you see that as well? I do experience the energy of trees and of other atoms. Like just everything has an aura. Everything has an electric magnetic field, um, even rocks. Right. But it's, there's a, I always say I'll be forever student of understanding what is the physical aura and then what is the spiritual aura because right. I do experience them a little bit differently sometimes in sessions. I mean, I truly thought for the longest time I had to talk about a, a identity crisis, but I really, truly thought, and the joke in my family was that I just had more cones or receptors in my eyes and I could actually see the radiation that came off people and things. Um, but it didn't really explain the feelings I would get around certain people and or the uh, emotional kind of grief I would feel from certain energies. But I really truly believe this. I started working with an aura photographer last year and doing events and I'd see people come in and I experienced their energy. And sometimes it would like, it will go away or come in for me. It's not always constant. And I do have some big moral um, kind of structures around reading people's energy. Um, I really try not to dip in if I, if I uh, am not, don't have permission or, you know, I just in general to keep my energy safe. But um, you control that, or do you mean you won't tell someone about the reading? But can you control seeing it? Yes and no. Sometimes I always say, just like we can change our minds, we can change our auras. You know, and I understanding each of these colors that are around us, they do. They have messages that can be uh, received from them. But sitting down and doing an actual aura reading is—it's very different than just like walking down the street and like being like, "No, oh, what's going on with you?" You know, I do pick up on some things, but like as a moral kind of. Uh, law of practice, I try not to dip too hard into someone's energy. Now, before this, that, of course, I was prone to doing that personally, just as a human, I'd be like, well, what's wrong with them? Maybe I can relate to that energy. Let me like feel that field right now. But when I worked with this photographer, what I learned was that, you know, when you get your aura photograph, it's really fascinating. You like put your hands on these electric magnetic plates, they actually measure the frequency that's in your body. So the higher the frequency, the like brighter the colors, it's going to be like your, you know, your yellows, your orange, reds, right? The lower the frequency, it's going to be more of your blues, your indigos, your violets, and as they move up. So I would experience like lower frequency energy a lot with people, just because it tends to be more the emotional kind of intuitive energy. But a lot of times there would be a lot of high vibrational energy on the photos. 
And so I started to kind of come to this, this point where I was like, well, maybe I'm not fully experiencing it just through vision, but maybe this is kind of a synthesia senses crossed. And what I've kind of gathered, especially in the last year of working with this guy, is that, you know, when you think about the clairs, right, you know, clairvoyancy, clairaudiency, clairsentency, they're heightened senses, right? So these are our senses. And as women, it's interesting because we have a 28-day cycle, right, where our hormones are regulating. And men only have like a 24-hour. So fascinating. So women, we have this time for our senses to be heightened, for us to be kind of in our intuition, whether we're smelling something or seeing something or perceiving it, right? But I always say we have enough time in between to talk ourselves out of it. Depending on a man, right? He might, he might just uh, dip in and then dip right out. But um, so there's some big connection, I really believe, between this physical energy, our senses, and our extrasensory abilities, which is clairsendience, clairvoyance, you know, clairtangence, clairaudience, and claircognancy. So you're saying, so that's actually interesting because you tapped into something I was going to ask you when you're working with this photographer, how often what you see and what comes up matches and yeah. how, how often did it feel like it matched for you? You know, some, it would, it would match probably more like 60 to 70% of the time, but there are a few times when I could just tell. And what I learned and gathered from that is that we really do have control over how people see and experience us. And sometimes emotional energies like anxiety or, you know, just um, anxiousness, right? And all those things can be around us and or we can mask that with the same color of yellow energy. Those who tend to be very anxious tend to have a lot of yellow in their aura. But also, what do we know about yellow? She's as bright as sunshine. She lights up the room. So it's totally that energy sometimes. It's like, everything's great. Like, everything's super great. I'm totally fine. And meanwhile, inside, you're like, ugh. That's so interesting. So it's not so much the color as much as it's the reader. I do believe that. Yeah. And I really believe that there are so many different, and I'm learning so much about this, but there are a lot of different people that can read. And generally when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, if you're connected to your gifts and you are truly holding space for someone and you're really sitting there going, I'm a vessel, I am a channel, like I'm here for you you know, that's when you can really start to access your gifts. And everybody does it like a little bit differently. I mean, I don't know how many intuitive readings you do in here. I personally like to go to as many as possible just to like learn and grow and expand. But everybody's always so different and it just fascinates me. So did you, was there a moment now, so you were a kid and you automatically, do you remember a moment where you first started seeing auras or was it just always part of your everyday? It was kind of part of the everyday for a long time. I didn't really know any different for, you know, like, and then there were some times, like, I remember there was a specific time we were on, like, a bus on a trip, and I just remember, like, clinging to my mom, being really freaked out, you know, and there was somebody there that just didn't have great energy, and my mother was very intuitive, and I do remember a conversation that they had, like, as they do when you're three or four years old, pretending like you're not even there and you're there. And I remember the conversation being like, I think she's really sensitive. I think she feels things, blah, blah, blah. And that was kind of the first time my parents really acknowledged this. And then I had a conversation with my dad, which is a really funny little bit, but my dad's a pastor, a minister. Yep. And so I remember telling my dad about how I experienced inner, like colors. And he was like, oh yeah, that's normal. Like Jesus has an aura. Like he was very like, yeah, no big deal. So, but wait, so when you were on the bus, 
that's when your parents had the conversation or because you reacted that way, your parents had a conversation later? They had a conversation later. So I, I'm, what I gathered from that is that my mother kind of picked up on whatever it was too. It was a person there and they just, their energy was just like really intense. And I remember just being very, very scared and not the color I experienced around them was blue, but it wasn't like a normal blue energy that I'd seen. So yeah, it was like a very kind of just a, a scarier moment for me as a kid. And I'm just, I remember very clearly that my mom even like screamed. I was like holding on to her so tight. She's like, go. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's hard to fully dip back into that feeling and, you know, at that time, but yeah, I think that was kind of the first time. So I can really pinpoint my parents recognizing that I was different in that sense. And like, so when you did something like get on a bus or I guess even today, well, do you experience it the same way you did as a kid or has it evolved for you? No, oh, it's very different now. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of it's around just the way that I practice as an intuitive. I really do put a lot of protection around myself. That was part of my journey um, coming into these gifts was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, like I, mean, I grew up very religious. So there was always just this conversation, like, you don't, you don't mess with it too fine of a line to dance in the spiritual world. Um, and so when I first started this work, there's like a whole backstory that I'm happy to share a little bit about it. But um, essentially, I really made up my mind when if I was going to pick this path, and if I was going to do this work, then I really was going to make sure I had some strong pr protection in for myself, protection around my intuitive gifts, protection around my experiences with entities and energies and things like that. And I'm now I coach and I work with spiritual individuals. And this is something I teach because I really believe, you know, it is a fine line, but it's a fine line, but it really is more of a fine line between um, sanity and san insanity. <laughs> I say it all the time. I'm like, yeah. it, like, even I joked when I like open up the den in the beginning. Yeah. You, how you do it. And I used to say that. I go, well, there's a fine line between sanity and insanity. I used to say that. I was like, you kind of need to be slightly insane to do this, but you need to be like a little bit more on the sanity side so that you don't implode. <laughs> but like, yeah, totally implode. But like, it was the same idea. I was like, but you got to be kind of insane simultaneously. It's not, it's a very yeah. line and yeah. in and out of it. Um, so when you, I mean, that's so interesting. I do want to talk about the religious stuff because I find that so amazing. And part of the reason I wanted to talk about it is, so you grew up in a family, your dad was a pastor yeah. um, and your mom was actually more religious than your dad in some ways, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was. And, um, so fascinating because my mom, my, we got kind of caught up in a cult when I was younger <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> we kind of got caught up in a cult. <laughs> I mean, more or less like there's, <laughs> I've also just found out recently this group, we were in a homeschool group. Um, it was called ATIA, and I don't know if anybody's listening. And they're there. I've been there. I understand. You know, there's support groups apparently on Facebook for it. Um, and essentially, what's happened though with that is a bunch of sexual scandal with the the founder and everything else, which is you know totally not surprising considering what they represented and what it was all about. Um, but it was a very conservative Christian homeschool cult and my mom at that time this is like in the 80s you know but like it was strangely and weirdly cool in the 80s in Texas to be like homeschooling and like to be in this group um 
and so we got kind of schooling's coming back around now with everything going on. So that's interesting. But keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's like way cooler homeschooling now. It's like unschooling. When I was there, it was like they weren't they weren't putting you in school because they weren't teaching enough about creation and Jesus. That's why it was happening, right? Right. My my dad was like a youth minister through the 70s and the 80s. And so my dad was always considered pretty progressive in the church and a lot of the churches that we worked in um, just because, you know, he he kind of saw reaching young people was different. You had to kind of, you know, like in the Christian belief and ministering, right, to a teenager is so different than ministering to like a child or ministering to an adult. You really have to, you know, be able to understand a teenager, right? So my dad always like got teenagers got kids was a little bit more progressive in his ways and my mom just was like riding this train so hard like you have to like I remember once when I was like 11 and this is so disturbing but like I remember once I had on like a little mermaid nightgown or something my mom just like ripped my arm over and was like <laughs> good thing she's dead because I <laughs> feel like she would freak out if she heard the story <laughs> oh, it's so morbid but true um but she like grabbed my arm and she would said what's that she still hears it. She just doesn't care about it now. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. She's like, sorry. Um, but she grabbed my arm and she like, I remember she just like grabbed my arm. And she was like, uh, you know, you shouldn't be wearing that. You'll give your brother's evil thoughts. And I remember like being like 11 and being like, gross, mom, like so gross and so mortified and just like, what? But, you know, you look at it now, it's like I heard the other day, Iranian culture, you know, they can't even hear women sing because it will give them impure thoughts. So like, this is not something that was just, um, you know, small to my little homeschool curl. This was more of a bigger issue as, as a whole. Um, but that was kind of the beliefs. Like we had control over our bodies and we were, we were to do our hair and look pretty and look nice, but like cover our bodies and like make sure no man sin because of our, our, our features, our looks. It, it's, it's so interesting because I find like I've interviewed a bunch of people that have come from very strict religious upbringings and not necessarily schooling, but the same idea. And do you think there's any correlation at all with people having these kind of intense, incredible gifts? And they all come from, interestingly enough, it feels like it's in the family or a version of it. And you talk about your mom. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you think there's any correlation like of I don't know. I've just like, I've now heard this, not the same story. Obviously you're all individuals, yeah. but something really interesting about this kind of heavy religious structure with people with really strong gifts. Yeah, no, listen, I, it's so funny you bring that up because I, I've been thinking about the same thing and it's been a topic of discussion as well, but it is interesting to see. And I think what it really comes down to is that when you're kind of thrust into religion or you're growing up with these kind of this idea of um, structure and power and this and how it works. And I think there's like an internal monologue that happens at a very young age where you're constantly weighing right and wrong. And as you grow older, you start to kind of see that more as not black and white and no pun intended, but you start to kind of say, okay. And I think that really those who have these gifts, whether they are spiritually given to us or we're using more of our consciousness. You know, I always say at the end of the day, it doesn't matter as long as they're serving and helping and doing what they're supposed to do. And you're, you're being able to kind of cultivate and, and pull your truth from that or, and, or serve someone else with that. But I do think there is like this massive correlation and whether, you know, we're light workers, right. Or, or we just are conditioned or trained to have our brains kind of 
think that way or to move in that direction, I, I'm not really sure, but you're right. There's definitely a connection. And talk about your mom. So your dad, you don't think necessarily had the gift, but he was just more open, but your mom. <sighs> I do think my dad does in another, in like in a different way. Like he just, my dad has such depth and compassion for individuals. Like I've never experienced or seen, like it just, he's so amazing. We actually, a few years ago, I nominated him on the Today Show. Oh, love that. (laughs) It was so awesome. It was like the coolest experience. It was so surreal in the moment, but I nominated him um, for Father's Day, just for being such a stellar, amazing caregiver and just being so selfless and like raising all of his kids. But my dad has always been able to hold space or just be tender and compassionate with anybody anywhere where they are in their story, their life, their journey with, you know, religion or anything like that. So it was so cool to nominate him and have this opportunity for them to just like praise him and shower him with love. But Um, he does have that gift in a different sense. My mom though, my mom would like know things and like predict things. And I think a lot of the reason she held on to religion in the way that she did was it, and a lot of it too has to do with my mother having multiple sclerosis and was like losing the ability to use her body slowly over time. And I think this was like her way of being in control was like being so tethered to religion in this very specific way. Um, but there was no like black, you know, there was no weighing the vision she was receiving. They were either evil or they were, you know, totally of God. And that was it, It, you know, and, and that always freaked me out. Talk about some of like the predictions she made. Oh God, off the top of my head, just family stuff. Mostly like there is one story too that always sticks out in my head because this is, it just kind of just describes how she would know things about people all the time. But there was one in a particular situation. My dad got a new job at a church. This is like in the 80s. And um, they brought in a new dean member, a, a new guy in the dean. Like a, you have like a, you're like elders and your deans. And anyways, they bring on this new guy. And my mom just like for weeks was like, this guy is no good. He's no good. Blah, blah, blah. I just constantly heard my mom talking about it. And they were about to kind of like bring him onto the team and make him an elder and all this stuff. And my mom was an RN at that time. And at any rate, I, I didn't remember the full conversation, but I'm pretty sure it was something along the lines of like him being sexually this or that. Well, my mom literally walked into uh, like one of the rooms to see a patient and he was there to get an STD test and like, oh yeah, totally like came back. It was just all this stuff. And, you know, at the end of the day, my mom's like that. So that kind of stuff would happen all the time. It wasn't like she would predict like big life catastrophes, but it was just like because it makes her right all the time. <laughs> it was so annoying. It was so it literally so annoying all the time. She'd say it about boyfriends or friends or situations or like my brother's friend. He, she wouldn't let him go one time, and his friend ended up getting in a car wreck because she knew it was going to happen. It was like that kind of thing, right? You know, which freaky. You How know, have you? How many kids? Oh, there's six of us. Six of you. <laughs> Only girl or? Yeah. So there, are, I have three older brothers um, and I have two younger brothers. You're in the middle and the only girl. You are. How many siblings do you have? I'm, I'm, no, I'm the youngest out of like five of us, but really oh. like my one immediate brother. But oh. did, did you feel protected in that sense? Or did you feel like <laughs> kind of middle child were you? It's really funny. So I think out of 
my spirit and soul compared to my brothers. I love my brothers. They're all amazing individuals, all dynamic and, and interesting, but I was very fiery compared yeah. to them. And yeah, which is like a total kind of a, uh, I don't know. I think there was a lot of push and pull. I know maybe you can relate to this, but like, because my brothers, I was like more, almost more masculine yeah. than my brothers. And like, I was one that like went off on my own and like moved to New York and like always pursued bigger, daring, big dreams. And my brothers always kind of played it a little safer. Um, which I think that they like admired it and then also hated me for it too. <laughs> now, how like in your family growing up, how much of like you seeing auras was talked about? So like with your brothers and stuff, were they aware? Did it ever come? They up? were, they were like a lot of it was brought up like here and there and I would be teased about it. So it just like a lot of that stuff was not like, it wasn't like a conversation we walked around all the time saying Susanna's reading auras or seeing auras or energy it was known that I was different. It was known that like I knew things or felt things differently, but never was it like, it's not like a, a moment of being teased. It was more of a, um, you're taking, like I would always kind of take up a lot of energy in the room or I would get really anxious if certain people's energy was off or weird. And um, I would be kind of ridiculed for that, you know, plus a lot of the conditioning with being um, the only girl in a Christian family Children should be seen and not heard kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I had extreme ADD as a kid to the point where like emotionally, and it makes sense now as an adult, a lot of it just being that I'm affected by energy and people, right? But at that time, it was like, I would just like, I would try to gauge the room or my energy would meet other people's energy. And the thing about ADD people don't fully understand is that it really is more of about emotional control uh, than it is like being stimulated. You know, you're more of like, it's more of an emotional roller coaster when you're a kid. That's why you see kids at one minute, they'll be hitting another kid and then screaming and the next minute, like drawing. It's because they, they have a hard time regulating their emotions. Now, did you, when you, so could you see your whole family's auras all the time? Like your parents and, and your brothers? Yes and no. Like I, there was a point where honestly, just like you didn't, I didn't practice it like I practice it now you know, but I did know what state they were in or what was going on. And I did know that certain colors meant certain things. Now it's so different. You know, this is my practice. This is what I do every day. You know, I sit down and I can tell you what three different shades mean and why they mean it, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, orange around you now is not going to mean the same thing when you're going through something in six months. So when I was younger, yeah, maybe I was heightenedly aware of their emotional state or what was happening. Um, but was I wanting to fix it? Was I really wanting to be involved in it? No, nah, no. Is there like a, a group or a family aura too? They're collective auras of energy. Yeah. I think that they're, those can be considered more like your values, I guess, you know, they do show up as color. They say a lot about you. Um, this is like a lot of the work that most people know of auras, or if you just do general Google search on auras you're going to get just like pure personality diagnosis kind of stuff, which a lot of this stuff is, is relevant. It is connected to certain values and that's where the crossroads of really color psychology come into play and our understanding of color and our understanding of um, how they correlate and connect. But, you know, even like you said, like with the leaves and the fall, the changing, I mean, we all have certain collective feelings we relate to the fall that are outside of like pumpkin spice lattes and, 
you know, candles. <laughs> but it is so interesting because the more you talk, the more it does really feel like, again, it's like the nuance of reading it and understanding that there's yeah. beyond just a snapshot. Like, so if you took a picture of an aura or just a snapshot in that moment, it could, you could do like aura 101, like you're saying, and do a personality like, oh, you're someone who likes this or this or that. But one of the things you've talked about before, which I would love to talk about now, yeah, is kind of the two layers of auras. It's like you have your innate aura, the one that probably is a little bit more of who you are. Oh my yeah. God, is, I can't tell if it's, do you see those things going across the screen? Oh, yes, it's my, uh, it's oh, I was going to say, do you have prism. light or crystal? It was so pretty. Like all of a sudden it was like, oh, yeah. really pretty. It's like you're it's, in a crystal. <laughs> it's my favorite little feature. I know. It's just a little beautiful prism hanging from my blind. Pretty. Just catches a light. So um, it's like the innate one, but then there's also kind of the situational, I guess, aura. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really believe that's kind of the more the physical energy. There is a big correlation between understanding, right? This physical energy that's around us, the actual radiation, and then what is to be our spirit and our soul. So it's the same as our physical body and our consciousness and our spirit. And we don't get to know until we're dead. And I cannot wait till that day when I get to find out all the answers. I'll be so stoked. But um, I do think there is so much to be discovered and learned within this, you know, and like I kind of mentioned earlier with the hormones and understanding that, you know, those are connected to our senses and then extra sensory being the clairs, right? Um, but I always say there's a couple things that we can really kind of tell, right? So whenever we smell something and like our, our skin lights up and we get goosebumps or we hear a song and it gives us goosebumps and we're taken back to this moment. I mean, it's believed that our cells hold memories. So I think that there is much more of a correlation than we really get to ever know, right? But when it comes down to, you know, I can see energy around someone and as they start to talk and as they start to unfold things, I can go, oh, okay, this energy is very much tied to your family. Like this is tied to your experiences. This is tied to your values. Is it serving you now? Let's talk about that. Because if you're trying to live in that kind of energy, if you're trying to live by those values or the, whatever it represents, and you just find yourself like hitting a wall and hitting a wall, it's probably because you don't align with it anymore. And then that's where the, you know, the tiny deaths come in and the ego deaths and like having to learn and grow and expand. And so to say, yes, I do believe some people's energy leans towards just being more tender and compassionate and kind or being more anxious on the daily or, you know, but I, at the end of the day, there's shadow sides to that. And then there's also the good sides of that too. So finding out kind of your formula is what I really work to do with clients, like what's your formula right now in the season? What's serving you? What's not? And then what can we call in? Because I really believe, you know, change your mind, change your aura. What are we calling it? What are you desiring? What are you wanting? And that's where I really take in a kind of a stance with color psychology and how you wear color and how you use it medicinally to serve you in that season. But that's what I think is so interesting because you know, we talk a lot about this on here too, just the idea that everything is energy. So therefore to bring it to this conversation, everything has a color, everything has an aura. And it's um, just because it's present on you does not mean that's the best energy for you. So, but I, and I think that's an interesting point to make because I think some people would hear like, that's my aura. What do you want me to do about it? I'm just this. But once again, it's that 
psychology and that mentality of being stuck versus a growth mentality of the ability to shift and grow and raise your frequency um, or shift your frequency depending on where you are. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I think is so interesting. What you're saying is it's not this like one identifier and it doesn't always, sometimes the frequency of that aura is not the frequency you need to be vibrating at. And that's where life gets a little more stuck. Yeah. Yeah. But you also have a solution, which I think is incredible, which is you're taking the color to another level that you can actually introduce colors. See, that's what I find so fascinating. We talk about it a little bit more because yeah. it started in, I mean, you were in fashion working with clients and then it, you combined all of your skill sets. But talk about the idea that a color with a frequency, even if it's on something like cotton or you know something that has a more dense frequency possibly, how that can still work with you. Yeah. Well, first of all, I love that we're acknowledging this because I do really believe that part of the reason I see and experience energy on everything is because everything is frequency. And, you know, there's two kind of big theories out there, right? Whether it's reflective or it's, you know, absorbent or things just have energy and we see them in that way. Well, that, again, it's theory, right? But um, no, you're absolutely right. And different, depending on your energy, this is something I'm learning and this is what I'm exploring, but Oraware is really, my company Oraware is all about understanding the energetics of each of these energies and how we can kind of use them to kind of not only express what we want to feel, but, you know, for instance, in fashion, right? We all have um, personal style, if you will. Okay. So maybe you hear that edgy is more of your style or you hear like preppy is more of your style or like, no, maybe that's a mood or maybe that's a feeling. And that's what, that's what we've kind of discovered. So each of the colors of the aura, I have kind of a little um, description of like what that energetically can bring you or how it can serve you. So if you're waking up in the morning and you're like, and oddly enough, I love that you're wearing green, um, but there's the energetics of you today. I was, yeah. like, I was like, is this because I know I'm on with her? But for the first time I was like, I actually feel like putting on clothes and not sitting there in my pajamas. <laughs> I love it. It's like my favorite, but I was like, Look at me. I go, I wonder if this is subconsciously because I know I'm talking to her because it was interesting, but thank you. <laughs> it's, it's such a great color. This green is like perfect on you. But yeah, like for instance, you know, I think the best example of this is when you go through different, different life changes, right? So whether you're graduating from college or you're getting married or you're having a kid or you're starting a new job or you're going through menopause, it doesn't matter. This is a season or a change and a shift in your life. And the way that you operated before that is not going to serve you in that season. And we see this time and time again, especially when like new moms have kids and they totally lose themselves in the new baby and they lose themselves and all that. And then all of a sudden they're having a life crisis and fig like can't figure out what they want to do and then feel guilty for working and all that stuff. Right. But if you can really kind of hone in and go, okay, energetically, what do I need to provide right now in this cocoon in this season? I'm a new mom. Right. Let's, what do I need to provide in this? I'm not a new mom, but I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> because maybe you do need to make sure you have some pretty clear boundaries around your personal time. Or maybe you do need to, you know, kind of fill this container and be like, this is what, this is the time that I'm spending with my new baby. This is the time that I'm growing and expanding. So what color is going to support you in that? Probably more the energetics of blue energy because it's calm and it's serene. And when it comes to fabrics, and what I believe is that when you have blue in your aura or you're like when you're calling in blue energy, you want things that are comfortable and soft and you can move in, but you still feel good. Because like you don't want to wear sweats that have spit up all over them all the time. You're going to just feel gross. <laughs> and like you want to feel good. Maybe you get spit up on it, get it dry cleaned. 
all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's so. And I love how you're saying that for everybody. It's different. It changes. It's not like you're like, these are the colors you have to wear always. It changes. Right. Well, so I believe they're kind of in the sense that you can wear the color medicinally, like it can serve you medicinally. You can then kind of set your intentions with that color. I have like a fun little system I'll share with you. But then there's also just the actual energetics of what it provides, like a, what an aesthetic can provide for you. And aesthetic doesn't necessarily mean, you know, if I say, oh, you need something comfy, casual. While blue jeans are blue, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't put on a pair of black jeans and still embody the same feeling. Right. We have so many certifications and a retreat coming up all for January or getting ready for 2021. The retreat is actually December. The last little bit, it ends December 31st. It's nine to six starting December 27th through December 31st. It is virtual. You can do it from anywhere. Go on to denanywhere.com, get the information. It is going to be an incredible um, retreat and way to go within yourself, learning self-care and also learning how to handle the ups and downs so that when you go into 2021, you are strong. So I think it's a perfect way to finish this year off and to start the next year. Again, it starts December 27th and ends the 31st and it's nine to six every day for five days. And it's with Heather Preet, who's incredible and anyone who's ever done a retreat with her knows how transformational it is. But we also have a bunch of certifications and courses happening in January. So it's really a great Great way to start 2021. Teacher training. I know I've said it before. Starts January 7th. It's a 400-hour teacher training program. It's not even if you want to be a teacher. If you do want to be a teacher, we've had so many incredible teachers develop from there. Um, but it's also an amazing way to just deepen your practice or get a strong practice going or just to understand more and dive deeper. It is going to be incredible. Again, go to denanywhere.com, get all of the information. We are accepting applications now. Also, intuitive healing, the basic training starts January 10th and the advanced starts January 12th. And Reiki, if you want to get Reiki certified, that is February 7th. Also, an incredible course on Kabbalah from Gal Sassan, who you know is one of our favorite astrologists. Um, and so if you want to learn about Kabbalah from him, it's about a six-week course starting January 9th. So all this is on denanywhere.com. Go to certifications and courses and take a look at what's happening. And again, don't forget that retreat. What an unbelievable gift to yourself and way to really make sure that you're evolving the way you need to. How... Where do you feel like the first time you, do you remember kind of the first time you started combining it? Yeah, it was really bizarre. I really, <laughs> so I now do spiritual coaching outside of just aura readings and energy readings and outside of styling stuff um, because I just felt it was so important to kind of share and hold a container for transformation for the work that I actually kind of did on my own. Um, and did through kind of a difficult season in my life, which was losing my mom and having that kind of, I mean, it's, it is what it is. And I really believe there is some powerful transformational energy that happens within grief. Um, because I've seen it not only with myself, but with many other people in my life and friends and family. Um, but if I hadn't have gone through that, I wouldn't have gotten to the place I was with my spirituality to be able to kind of open that door and then to be able to receive the downloads and the ideas that came through. I mean, I really, it's something that kind of, honestly, I would probably say I was the biggest skeptic of all of this work until that happened. And when that happened, it was just like, and I was like, okay, cool. This is what I'm supposed to do. I knew the vision. What's that? Talk about that. Talk about the download. Talk about the moment. Talk about the time. Oh, 
I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I was like babysitting that week, like on a couch feeling pretty lousy. I was like, I'm a 31 year old babysitter. I had had a really amazing acting and performing career that I just completely lost touch with. I had a hard time even just finding my identity. I, I felt like a zombie half the time I was going to auditions and doing things. And I didn't connect to that person at all. And there was this just like blinding fear around identifying who I was without that. Mm. And <laughs> when you lose, and especially, I think, I don't know what it's like to lose a dad. I haven't lost a dad yet, but I know when you lose a mom, that like, un, that invisible protection that's like around you, that you think like every, you know, that one person you could go cry to or talk to about anything who's like literally the only other person in the world that actually, I and mean, your dad cares, but like really cares. <laughs> That's different. It's gone. And then like all of a sudden you have to find yourself in this position of mothering yourself. And I think that this was where I was able to find my strength and I was able to like up level and step into my gifts and step into what I was supposed to do. Um, but there was definitely like a deep flow. I think it was probably at least a good year of kind of ignoring it and oppressing it and not, I wasn't really going to therapy. I went a little bit to grief counseling here and there. Um, but about halfway through that year, I was finally just like, okay, like this isn't changing. Like I still feel just as upset and sad and the pain I felt the day that she passed is a year later. Uh, it didn't, you know? And so I really believe that once I finally was like, and I did, I was like, I'm going to walk through this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to cry when I need to cry. I like had special sunglasses in my purse because I cry on the train all the time, like big ones that I put on. Like, and I had music and I was like, you know what, when I feel this, I'm going to do it. And my, my husband can like attest to it. I wake up at three or four in the morning and just sit there and cry. But when I finally started to do that, honestly, that's when everything changed. And I, I had to really see myself in the light that it was at that time, like, okay, you're not acting, you're not performing, you don't really have a lot of direction right now, you're not taking care of yourself, right. you know, like, oh, like, let's start with the basics. So at that time, I signed up for Marie Forleo's B-School. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm building, but I'm going to do this thing. And I stuck to it. I told myself, I, I nannied for a family and the little girl slept like a champ. Every day, I watched her three days a week. And she slept for three hours every day. Amazing. I know. I had to wake her up half the time. She's an awesome kid. And I committed to doing nine hours of work with the Marie Forleo program. Again, not knowing what I was building. And I thought I was going to be, and I'm not even kidding you, a mommy coach. Because I was like, well, I talk to these moms all the time and I connect. And I, but what I was learning is that I was reading them and holding space for them. Ah. And they were wanting my advice or they were wanting me to answer these things. So that kind of was when the big shift happened. The aha moment happened where I was like, you're supposed to connect this. You're supposed to connect auras and energy. And to be honest, even to this day, I've seen it all unfold. But the biggest message I received through that is don't hold on to anything too tightly. Just like let it come, let it sit. And if it's supposed to serve you, let it serve you. And if it's not, let it go. And through that, I've definitely had some weird things that like, I'm still kind of like, I wonder if it's still ever going to be part of the business. But I've had some things too where, that were downloads that finally have come through in the last six months. Wow. Yeah. So, so that's kind of. Questions about that. Like, do you see your own aura? 
So this episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. If you do not know what Magic Spoon is, you have to find out ASAP and go get yourself some because I don't know about you guys, but I spent my entire childhood eating cereal. In the mornings, it was the first thing I did. After school, I loved grabbing it. I used to sit in front of the TV and just eat my cereal. My friend, we used to love going to her house because she had that cabinet that was like, and you open up the door and literally every possible cereal that you could possibly want with all the sugar in it of course was there versus my parents like it was my favorites but like it was a limited selection my friend had like every cereal it was amazing so anyway cereal is a huge part of my childhood like every once in a while when you know I was a little depressed in my 20s I remember getting a box of cereal and just pouring the milk in just to kind of give some comfort but then what happens like we grow up and we realize um it's a little too sugary probably not great for us I'm kind of eating way empty calories it's not giving me anything let's grow up and start eating a more well-rounded diet. But that's where Magic Spoon comes in. It's amazing. So it's created these incredible like cereals that are going to bring you back to your childhood. They're reminiscent. They are like them. But however, they are healthy. There's zero sugar. There's 11 grams of protein. What? 11 grams of protein? Imagine eating Fruit Loops with 11 grams of protein and only three net grams of carbs in every single serving. So they have four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. I love fruity because it reminds me of fruity um, Fruit Loops. I almost said Fruity Pebbles, which I also love, but it reminds me of Fruit Loops. And wasn't your favorite thing like drinking the milk afterwards? So imagine doing that with zero sugars and 11 grams of protein and only three net grams of carbs. It's huge and it tastes amazing. It's crazy. It really is too good to be true. And I know so many of you are on different diets and I promise you it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Everything free. How is this possible? But it is. So I'm telling you, don't walk. You have to run. Go on to magicspoon.com slash Dentox in all caps. That is your code. Do do Dentox at checkout and you will get free shipping as well. So magicspoon.com at Dentox. You can get all these different packs. You can get a variety pack. You can get your favorite flavor. But if you want to sit in front of that TV, especially during COVID times, and like watch a little TV and eat some cereal and feel good and bring yourself back to your childhood, but also be like, oh, I'm actually not doing anything bad for me. This is where you want to go. So magicspoon.com slash Dentox and use the code Dentox for free shipping. We truly thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring this podcast because it just makes us happy. Oh, and that's another thing. It is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you are not happy and for whatever reason you do not like it, they will refund your money. No question to ask. I think they're pretty confident. So that's pretty awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Magic Spoon. Not really. I mean, I can like sense and feel, but not in the same way. I think that I think I force myself through some of that healing work to see my own aura. Sometimes I liked it. Sometimes I didn't. Grief <laughs> look like. What does grief look like? Grief generally can come in a couple different shades. It depends. Green usually is a healing color of grief. That means you're usually like walking through it. Um, it can be red a lot of times, especially if you're not, if you're someone who isn't used to walking through emotions. So um, red is interesting because if you think about, we think about what we know about red, you know, in cartoons, you'll see steam coming out of people's air, their face will turn red and it represents stronger emotions, passion, fairness, anger, things like that. But when people have a lot of red in their aura, they tend to be people that are very bootstrappy and analytical and grounded and loyal and but also oppress real easily. They're like, we don't feel things. Right. We don't feel things. We just, we put them in this container. Well, what happens when you keep filling that container? It's gonna like, it's, 
burst. It's going to burst. And so I do see sometimes red with people are processing grief. I encourage them to walk through it. I mean, even today I had a woman on a call who was just dealing with something kept coming up, kept coming up. And I said, just put your hand on your heart, put your hand on your stomach. Just breathe, feel this, feel this emotion. And I promise you, if you do this, you're going to be lighter in a minute, you know? And so that to me is always a correlation between the physical energy, you know? But and I agree. Can you see it get lighter? Like if you're watching the client do it, yeah. do you actually see the red dissipate a little bit? Yeah, I see it. I feel it from them. It's a very much a feel and a see in a sense kind of thing. Yeah. You know? And it really comes down to trust because as a human, I could sit there and analyze how the hell this is happening. <laughs> right. Um, I really fight the urge not to, because at the end of the day, I want to see the transformation. And I want to see that the work is doing what it's supposed to do. But yeah, it is. Yeah. What is, what is um, like when someone's in the middle of a transformation, what does that look like? It can be a lot of things. Um, Hmm. I think when someone's really having a mo- transformation does not, first of all, just happen in a moment. You can have a moment where you, right. You can have a, that's what I'm like, hold up. Hello. <laughs> and you have them all the time. Yeah. I, it can be like an aha, like those aha moments. The energy shoots out of us. We feel it shoot out of us. It does. Eventually, you know, and it's so funny. I'm actually really enjoying this conversation because there are, I get so focused on what it is that the out, I obviously this is the stuff that's important and people want to know, like, how do you experience that? And how do you see it? But for me, I'm so like, I'm so grounded in the sense of like, okay, what, what is it doing and why? Um, but yeah, it is. It's an aha moment. I had this woman just recently and she's, I'm, I'm starting with a program with her in the next coming months, but she gets on the call and I can tell her energy is really low. And it's early in the morning and most people's energy is pretty high in the morning, right? And I'm like, okay, something's heavy is coming to the table. She tells me that she literally a year and a half ago became paralyzed because of a neurological disorder. Hmm. And um, I was like, okay, wow. And she says, and in the last six months, they told me I would never walk again. And I've been walking. I've like gotten my, she like had this, experience where she's all of a sudden transformed. And what have we discovered through all of this, which it was just wild because the whole time of the call, I'm going, I'm sorry. Like you literally healed yourself in six months. Like, what did you do? Can we talk about this? And she's just like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. But then what I noticed is that she had new eyes for the rest of her life. Like she was an Ivy league student, you know, was about to go to this grad program before all this happened all of these things. And you could just see, she was just like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. And I personally related to that. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, I know that. I know that identity crisis. <laughs> well, and she's like, all of my identity is tied to what everybody else thinks about me. Right. And so in that moment I was like, Oh, well you just healed yourself. So let's just, uh, let's recognize that. And secondly, like, what do you want next? <laughs> right. It's so interesting when, um, and that goes to your point earlier about the aura and the energy you could be, it's not always the right vibration for you because if your identity starts becoming in relation to what everyone else's version of your identity is, 
well, that's yeah. not, I'm going to assume probably not a good frequency for you to live in. No, no. And that's where I think that, you know, I really believe that, you know, we can change our energy. We could change. We change. We do change, you know? And yeah, what are you going to say? So, because you talk about, again, that you can read kind of two different auras. Again, it's the soul aura and then kind of the physical or what's going on now. Right. Is the goal to have the match? So when you have a reading with me, when you sit down, I say, okay, let's examine what's present, what's here. Sometimes what's present is um, a, a breakup or, you know, a bad situation. Or sometimes what's present is some new life changes, right? Um, but we kind of, and then we can kind of get past the layers. And when they start to talk, I can start to understand the other energies that are present and who they are, right? Because if I see a color, I can't just be like, and that's you. There we go. Like, because it could mean something else. <laughs> saying you get the, the colors on people are not always their own energy, which I think. Oh. Means- Yes, that's, but most people don't realize that, but how much you actually take on other people's energy. Oh yeah. All the time. And I I remember one time I, and he's now my assistant, actually, it's kind of funny, but the first time I met him, I was like, you have this intense, like orange energy with you. Like, is it, it feels feminine. Like I just kind of kind of started to go through what I felt from it. And he's like, Oh yeah, I just had lunch with my mom. And I've like actually become very good friends with his mom now. And I was like, it all makes so much sense. She's like, like totally just I love her so much but it's just like and it's not him at all like he's very opposite of that um so it was the first impression if I would have taken that at face value like that was not my friend at all you know and he was wearing her energy totally and he even rolled his eyes like oh yeah I just came to lunch with, I just came from lunch with my mom <laughs> <laughs> you're like ding 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 yeah but that's interesting. So when you read people, you first, you kind of unravel it and you can tell like, this is not yours. Let's, mm-hmm. and do you, how, do people then start to get a sense of being able to feel that energy themselves? You know, like, do people get more in touch with how energy feels? Yeah. I mean, you know, I can't fully attest to it. I could see the shift and change though. And I see the empowerment that comes over people when they have their energy read. I mean, I think when I first started all of this out, I didn't really fully understand the power of it. You know, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to sit down with people and just like help them understand who they are. And I'm going to tell them how to dress accordingly. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) meanwhile, I'm like the people that were coming to me and I've gotten to meet and to read and connect with are just like fascinating, dynamic individuals who clearly are being brought to this moment for a reason. Um, to have that transformation and to go back to kind of answer your question about transformation, um, what I'm learning and something that I've kind of had to take as a, as a business owner, because before it was just like, people used to be like, okay, so like, when do I come back and see you? And I would say, well, you know, you can like, we can do the styling work or they'd be like, no, no. Like, when do I come back for another session? And I started to say seasonally. And I was like, come seasonally, whether that is an actual physical season for you or, you know, a season when you're feeling a shift or a change. Um, but what's interesting and what I've learned is that transformation has to happen over time and happen in a container. And, you know, I personally believe strongly in coaches and advisors, and I have three myself that I work with um, because now I have over 15 clients right now in my coaching program. So I'm like, I need all the support I can get to support individuals. It's true. But yeah, it is. It's a container. And that's where the transformation happens. Being able to look into the mirror every day and like be okay with what you're seeing and experiencing, but also 
allowing yourself the space to transform and to change. And fashion and style, yeah, that has everything to do with it because it, it affects your mood. And like, I realized nobody was doing this. So I just like, I put my little stick down in a white space and I go, okay, I am going to help figure out what is fashion and wellness. Like, let's figure this out. I mean, it's a <laughs> brilliant combination, but I want to go back really quickly to that. Yeah. Then again of like, is the goal like energetically to try and get your energy to match kind of your soul energy? Yeah. Well, it depends on what you're, yeah. If you're, if you are, so I absolutely, first of all, always, because if you're, if your heart, I know I'm like all over the place. Um, but if your heart really is leaning towards, you know, if gentleness is part of your energy, if, if holding space or being a healer, just even by a touch or a good, I mean, you can be a healer and be a mom or a friend, you know, or a podcast host. Uh, <laughs> you're bringing a message or you're holding space or you're allowing someone a chance to just be seen and experienced and, or even just their story to be validated through other stories. So at the end of the day, I think it is important that we connect to these parts of us that do make us who we are, who that, you know, somebody sits down, like a good friend sits down and describes you like, yeah, I want all those good parts of myself to be with me always. I want to align with that, but it doesn't always happen. No, we forget it too. Or we don't yeah. believe. I feel like a lot of times we don't even believe it. So I think that it's such a gift of what you're doing. It's huge. Thank you. Tell me a time if it exists. And it kind of sounds like you had a mini version like on the bus that day when it was, but you were too little to know. Has there been a time where you feel like you have to read someone? Like if you're in New York, like you're walking down the street and you're like, oh my God, that down the addy corner to me, I have to beeline and almost get hit by a cab 10 times to like, t I have to read them. Have you ever felt that? <laughs> like a Teresa Caputo kind of moment. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. I know it is interesting. I, yes. And it's funny because it, when someone, this will probably be the most frequent thing. And I'm sure many people have heard this before and it's happened even to me. I've like gotten in a cab before and like the cab driver has been like, I'm so sorry, your aura. Like they'll say things. And like, this is, people will generally mention it if they feel your energy or they, you know, um, there have been a, <laughs> a couple times, um, it's funny now, I think that because of a lot of, I mean, I've scaled my business. I only started my business two years ago. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. So I've, I've gone through a lot of scaling and growing in the last year. And I still, I get a, I'm getting out of it a little bit more. And in fact, one of the biggest themes I'm learning in this season is like really stepping into my authority and my voice and you know, owning that. But there was a period there where I kind of went a little bit into my tortoise shell when people would start to know these because it is, it's weird. It's different when I'm doing, I get it. Like I'm so interested in learning about it. Obviously every single person I meet and I say it to is also interested in learning about it. Yep. <laughs> so there was a period there where I would get a little bit embarrassed or, um, shy about it. And so I think I, I would start to fight that urge to like say things to other people because often I'm asked, Oh, read my aura. Tell me my aura. Tell me my energy. And, um, I do kind of have a little bit of a block with it. I'm like, okay. But, and I like, when you have a reading with me, I light a candle, I light Palo Santos or Sage. And I say, before I say, Hey, do I have permission today 
to step into your field, to read your energy and to bring forth any messages? I mean, I always ask that. And hearing that yes for me is just like, okay, I'm allowed. It is a little like people walking around in their underwear. Like you just... People naked. Yeah. I don't always want to... Like it's intimate. Like from my human standpoint, like I grew up with a big family. Everybody's... And I'm always experiencing people's energy and this and that. I don't always want to see it. But I will say there was one time and this... (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for it. (laughs) I was doing these mini readings at an event. And, um, like I say, you know, your intuitive gifts, I really believe are like a muscle. Like you can strengthen them. You can, you can practice them. Um, some of us are professionals, others are amateur, but literally everyone can learn to throw a ball depending on your clear. Right. So I, I specifically, I, I function under kind of a clear sentience, a clear audience kind of, um, zone. Huh. And, uh, in this particular case, I don't consider myself a medium because I've only had a couple times where spirits have come through. <laughs> like they were weird. Like uh, the spirits of animals like always love to come through to me. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't fully understand that, but all right. Um, but they, in this, How do they communicate with you? Visual. Sometimes I'll visually see them. Like at one time I had this girl and I was sitting there and I go, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it. And I was doing, this was at another event where I was doing a mini reading and she sat down and I, Finally, as we were doing reading, I go, I'm so sorry. There's like a golden retriever. I just feel like I just see the golden retriever like licking your face, licking my face. They're like her golden died like that week, their family dog. And they oh. raised and they um, had, you know, bred goldens. Oh. And so it was just like this sweet little simple message. And the other times this kind of happened where I had to tell somebody this was the same thing. A woman sat down with me and I said, hey, I don't normally do this, but there's an elderly woman. She's definitely present. She's here. Uh, so there you have it. Like, I was just kind of like, I didn't even know what to say to her. And she was same thing. She's like, my grandmother just passed away. Oh, and it's really great. And she cried. And I was like, well, know that she's here. And I'm not going to sit there and go, let's talk. You know, like I don't talk with spirits in that way, but I do think that energetics come through. <laughs> um, but talk about the one time you had, you, we almost got yeah. Well, that was, that was her. That was the situation. Like the grandma, I was just was like fighting the urge. Cause it was like a 10 to 15 minute reading, you know, just like a quick in a store at an event. I'm like, this is not what this is about. We're talking about color and, or, you know, I was like, I have my little system. I'm like, this is what we're doing. But I had to, like, it was just like, I could not. That's and okay. yeah, but in public, I really do try to fight it. <laughs> what about, like, so you're married. Cause you've said husband a couple of times. What about like mm-hmm. when the date or when you met your husband? Well, that's really funny. So my (laughs) husband, (laughs) I, that summer before I met my husband, I was like, I'm going to go on a ton of dates. I, and they're not going to be anything but like really quick, tiny dates, like coffees or I know this time I was using OkCupid, that app. And it was like, they just started a new feature where it was like, see who's in the area. And so that, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I only, my, I love with my gay friends on Tinder, wherever we're at They're, I mean, it's like amazing. They're like, it's like one of my favorite things to do with them. I'm like, all right, who's around? Who's around? <laughs> it's so true. That's so funny you say that because that, that year I just had gotten off a tour and all of the gay guys on the tour would use Tinder to just like meet people. And it, it was so funny because they come to the bar and then I remember it being like, if they didn't like them, they're like out. I know it's amazing. I, I yeah. 
we all could inhabit a little bit more of that, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So I kind of like put this, this was like my goal. I was like, you know what? Cause I just gotten out of some kind of bad relationships and I really wasn't finding who I wanted. And I was trying to manifest and I'd written down all the things I'd wanted in a partner. So I was like, I'm going to know, I'm going to know what it is right away. If they're worth like spending more time with, I'm not going to put myself through an hour long antagonizing, terrible date anymore. So anyways, I was doing this and I, I swear I'd gone on so many dates at that time. And I used to work at a restaurant in the West village that I had left when I went on tour and I met a guy in the West village. And, um, as we went into this bar, we met at all the staff was there from the old restaurant. They're like, Hey, you should come back and like pick up some shifts, all new staff, new chef, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll swing by. So the next day I went by and literally he was there on the line, but like it would have never happened if I hadn't ran into like gone on that date, ran into the old staff around the corner. I didn't even hang out in that neighborhood anymore. You know, that's so um, and then like, do you see, did you read, do you read his aura? Oh yeah. I knew the moment I was with him, his energy, everything. It was like, that person's for me. They're completely, I knew they were polar opposite. So different. I actually should show you, I should show you a picture, but essentially he's like super quiet, reserved, only child. I'm like this loud mouth from a big family. It was just complete opposites in energy. And there's actually, we have two aura photographs, which are so fascinating, um, that show the polar opposite. So like his, mine has the violet and the pink and then the yellow on the outside and his has the yellow and then the violet and the pink on the outside, on the outside. And I actually, I'm going to grab it for you two seconds. You have to see it. Wow. They are completely flipped. Yeah. It's so bizarre. That's amazing. Those are a little bit of a glare, but run with this at all like to see like relationships at all to see if like when people are in good ones is there something to that of kind of like opposite energies oh yeah i do think you know the saying is true opposites attract for sure um i just think it's about finding your energetic matches because one of the best advice i ever got from a family friend they were like you know when you're married you're just supposed to like tell each other when you're doing stupid yeah <laughs> i don't know if i should say shit on here but hey, oh my god um, <laughs> um, you're, you're just supposed to hold each other accountable and like like hold up the mirror and let her know and I thought that was so interesting because I'm like oh yeah like that's really what it is but that takes opposites really it takes different people being able to see different perceptions well it's so true because I think the other thing you're told a lot which I think gets people in trouble is like I mean, and this isn't fair because you do want them to be your best friend, but it's like, find your best friend, find your best partner. It shouldn't be difficult. It should always be easy. And again, there's a balance. You don't want to be struggling through your relationship, but I do feel yeah. like sometimes when you go for only that, then there is, there is none of the opposing stuff happening. And sometimes then it, it can limit your growth, but some people like that. So I guess it just depends where you're at and what you want. Yeah. You know, you bring up a good point. And what, that is, I really think sometimes it's about, I talk like a lot about tweaking your dials to like really make sure you're energetically meeting the other person, you know, because if we're all like meeting them here and that person's not really capable of absorbing that kind of energy right then. Right. Right. It is important to kind of be a little like read the room, if you will. Um, and I think good friendships and good relationships, you learn how to kind of tweak your dials for, you know, to like be able to kind of sit back and say, okay, what's my role right now for you? And right. vice versa. 
And that's where really healthy relationships thrive. But it's those relationships that like, and I know many listeners can probably relate, but it's like that one friend that just constantly complains to you about something. And you're like, and then when you call them up to complain about something, it's like, they don't got time for you. You know, like, (laughs) and you're like, really? I listen to you complain all the time. So, but that's like, you want to find that healthy balance where you can have the good times and enjoy and make the sweet memories, but also be able to support each other in those seasons. And yeah, it all comes down to energy. You know, what color is that energy? What does it mean? And what does it represent? So if you two took a picture together. Oh, we have. (laughs) Does it shift? It was, it shifted. It got really like a lot of lower vibrational energy. And I mean, granted, we took it with my dog too, which was kind of funny. Um, (laughs) It was our holiday picture. But it was very, I remember it was like more blues and more purples and then had like this kind of overcast of white energy in it, which was really cool. What does Uh, or does it depend on the situation? It depends on the situation, but I think for, you know, white itself means clarity, enlightenment, mm. you know, connection. And I think that when we're together, we do, we just have this way of kind of opening up the clarity for myself. But I know my relationship's not the only one. Like, that's when you know you found somebody. Like, when you can really have clear vision, not only on your future, but like on yourself and your partner. And so I think that's really kind of what that white energy represents. Um, but also, yeah, what was going on? I'm trying to remember what was happening in that season. Like when you go to weddings, yeah, and you see two people standing up there. Have you ever been like, oh god, like the you're like not uh uh-uh, uh not the right energy? <laughs> no, hasn't happened. Um, I'm sure it has though to some people at Red Energy. They can really see that. It's funny you talk about collective energy. There's definitely collective energy that comes over wedding days and fun events. Um, ironically tends to be on the yellow side and we know this from both the shadow and the joy side of it right so the shadow side being the anxiety the kind of oh god let's go what's happening where are you where are you going and then that also being the joy and the fun and the playfulness of that day yeah so it does you get to see both sides of that energy for sure oh that's so interesting that's so interesting Oh my God. I love this. I'm loving this conversation. You're amazing. Tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can find me on Instagram at NYC, or you can find me at, uh, online on the internet at auraware.nyc.com. I do one-on-one aura reading sessions. All my sessions now are currently virtual. Um, I don't know when this is coming out, but um, <laughs> we'll be opening up the books for 2021. We have a few spots left for November and December. Um, so if you don't see one there, hopefully we'll have the books open by then, or you can shoot us a quick email. That's so crazy. Isn't it crazy that we're in 2021? It's so crazy. I can't even believe that we're already at the end. Like we're, we're, I mean, it's a, like, it's crazy. <laughs> and I, I feel like 2021 is going to start a little bit interestingly too. So it's just, it is crazy. <sighs> Let me ask you four quick questions before you do your personal practice, which I think you wanted to walk people through, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I would la- love to share. I would love that. So just four quick questions with four quick answers. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Have coffee. <laughs> there. So what's the aura of coffee? Does it change depending? <laughs> Depends on what you put in it. Now I just want to know what like life in colors is like. Oh my it. gosh. You're forcing <laughs> me to be like, open that third eye even more. Um, I mean, coffee, definitely very yellow energy because it's a stimulant. Um, but yeah, I have coffee and I usually try to meditate for a few minutes, just kind of get myself centered. 
I get, I grab the same blanket and I sit with the dog. You know, I think those little same everyday things, I didn't realize how, how important they were until COVID, you know? My question about your, we'll go back for a second. Your mom's. Yeah. So your mom had MS, you were saying. Yeah. Did, did the aura change as the MS took over more of her body? Oh yeah. I it's funny you say that. And I think a lot of the reason I do block out seeing and experiencing energies, um, is because my mother always, she very, her aura was always very like violet. Like it just always kind of resonated in that place. And, um, but I could violet usually very like, I always say violet's like that kind of ethereal connection like that, but she also chose that energy as well. Cause it's like that connection to God and connection to, um, the cosmic and um but it it did mostly resonate in that kind of place like holy energy if you will but um i could always tell when my mom was about to have another ms attack just by the colors like and they would always be a little bit murky or green or yellow or you know just um and it, she tried to hide it and i think that was part of it too it's like um so yeah, I would I would know when like her body was disintegrating based off of her energy, um, which is kind of a wild thing to kind of deal with as a kid. So I think it probably answers a lot of why I don't read a lot of people on the streets. Um, but yeah, and but her aura generally, I mean, very strong, like very strong. And I think her faith and her beliefs really got her to the other side. It's so interesting when you say strong, is it just because some, it's just because the energy is just, if, if the energy vibrates more, does it just get more literally vibrant? Like, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's powerful stuff. It's like, depending on how, you know, it's like with an athlete, when you see an athlete and they're in that place and they're getting ready to run that race or do that thing, like it's strong. And I think my mom was always kind of like that when it came to spirituality and her connection and her MS. Like she took it on head on. Like yeah. she was not someone who would sit back and let it overcome her. I remember like we would go hike. My mom would like make us go hiking. Even if like, and I remember her wheelchair getting stuck in places. Like this was just like her mentality. Like life does not end. Like she was told not to have any more kids and she did. Like, and probably a lot of the reason why it got worse. But um, yeah, no, I think a lot of it just comes down to, um, like, what is your, how determined are you as a human? And that's going to determine your aura and your energy. You know, um, how, how sure are you about doing something or your vision of your life? Um, and there are shadow sides of that too. Like if you're consumed by anxiety and yeah, your aura is strong, you know, not necessarily in the best way, but. I <laughs> had a strong aura. It just wasn't a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Not to bring you back there. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's one thing you can't live without? <sighs> Conversation. Hmm. That's lovely. Yeah. Thanks for fulfilling that today. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. What if there was one book or author or spiritual leader that influences you the most, who would it be? Oh God, this is a... What's that? Has influenced you. It doesn't have to be the most always. <sighs> This is tough. I think, okay, I'm going to say this book, not necessarily this person, but this book has influenced me the most. It's taught just two big lessons to me. Big Magic from Elizabeth Gilbert. 
I just feel like those two messages have, you know, to do the work, but then also to receive have been probably the biggest, you know, that ideas or energy um, has been a big one for me. And then spiritual leaders, I would say Tony Robbins, just the, the rawness and the realness and the compassion and love he has for just humans in general. I really, really admire. Um, and he doesn't see himself as, you know, he, he really is like meets you on, on this level, which I really appreciate from a leader. What does his aura look like? <sighs> also very violet. <laughs> very violet. He changes a lot though. He vibrates like he's like a pendulum of energy, but that's why he's like, he gets up on there and he's like, Bleh. yeah, it's like a concert. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's always up in yellow energy and then he's down. Yeah. He goes back and forth a lot. So interesting. If you had one piece of life advice to give people, what would it be? Oh, well, it's not my life advice, but it's something I certainly live by. And it certainly taught me a lot. But um, one of my favorite quotes is by Pablo Picasso of all people, but it's (laughs) colorful, very colorful. He says the purpose of life is to find your gift. The meaning of life is to give it away. Oh, I know. I love that quote. Yeah. And that's like, I really, truly, that to me, it's like, okay, I really feel like I found my purpose. And I think purpose changes seasonally for sure. Like one purpose when you're, you know, sometimes it's to be a good partner or wife or kid or, or a mom, you know, those things are, those things don't need to be missed. I think we think they need to be these big grand purposes, but I do think finding gifts within yourself to give to others is just the ultimate way of finding your purpose. I also love that you just said purpose has seasons because I think that's really important because like you just said, like, yes, if you're a mom, of course, you always want to be a good mom, but sometimes that is the purpose of the moment. And then it means that in the next season for you, there's not a different purpose. And it doesn't mean you're a bad mom if there's a different purpose that's overriding. It just means this is where you have to grow and do now. I think that's such a smart way to look at it that most of us don't look at it that way. Yeah, it took, it took kind of learning how to get out of a season where I, what my purpose was to be a performer and actor. I mean, I got to do it. It was awesome. And, but what did that look like when I wasn't anymore? And how did I make peace with that? How was that okay? You know, and I think maybe if you have an empty nest, this is how you feel too. Cause all of a sudden your kids like 18 years later are gone. <laughs> like what's your purpose then? You know, it's a new purpose, a new season. Yeah, for sure. This has been such a great conversation. Everyone will stay tuned because we can't wait for your personal practice. But thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. This was, now it's like all I do. Again, remember I told you the trees look even brighter now when I look out the window, but now I'm just like obsessed with seeing. I'm like, what am I seeing? I know. Well, especially after you learn my little practice, you'll be looking at color and working with it just a little bit differently. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. Now Susanna is going to lead us in her personal practice. Awesome. So I believe color can be an awesome and wonderful medicinal tool that we can use and the daily, and we can really start to assign things to it. So I encourage you to write about color. So pick a color to work with during the week. And when you have a session with me, you learn to have your colors. We pick your colors for your palette, whether those are colors in your aura that we want to strengthen or colors we want to call in. So through this practice, 
we sit down and we start to write about what we feel or think and relate to that color. So if we're working with, let's just say we're working with green today, um, all the things we relate to green, maybe you relate money to green or growth or expansion. Um, but you know, colors is a wonderful tool that's used to, uh, convey us to buy things, to do things, to stimulate appetite even, to, you know, convey us to trust someone. So we really want to just implement the relationship that you have with color. So sitting down and writing about green. So what does green mean to you? Green can mean, it can mean um, loyalty. It can mean um, growth, like I mentioned, but just sitting down and writing these things. Maybe there's a time you remember when you were wearing something green and you had an experience. And what we're really wanting to do is while writing about this color and understanding what it relates to us, we can then start to implement these feelings when we meditate, which is the next step. Once you have written about this color, and we, we call this generally, I think uh, Gabrielle Bernstein calls it spirit writing, um, but we just sit down and we start to implement the feelings we relate subconsciously and consciously with this color. We then meditate around the color, getting yourself out of beta into alpha theta. While visualizing this color, we either run reels of what we feel and think with this color or the words that we're associating with it, and then once we have meditated, we've kind of put that impression on, on the color itself. When we start seeing the color, we're going to start to feel these things. We're going to relate these feelings to that color, either consciously or subconsciously. And I encourage you to expand on this relationship throughout the week. The next step, of course, is to wear it and to have it in your space. Um, so maybe you buy yourself some beautiful eucalyptus at the market or you pull out a beautiful green sweater and you put it on that day and you just simply remind yourself, I am focusing on being determined. I'm focusing on my growth and expansion. Maybe you're even calling in some money. Just, just put that relationship with that color. The more you see it, the more you can start to really step into that energy and ultimately manifest those feelings around you. So that is the practice. I generally like to focus on it three to five times a week if I can, um, and working with a color individually. So I encourage you to find your color right now. Maybe there's a color you are consciously or subconsciously attracted to and you're not really fully sure why. Um, there's lots of resources on my Instagram and my website that can help you understand that color more and start to call it in. Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielek, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks Podcast, and join us there.